Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Scott Sajda. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the On Angels Wings sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Overly thought of, overly rehearsed. That was like you. Once we said, should we bring Kurt Bodenhausen on to do NWSL valuations? You started thinking, what am I doing with Angel City? Uh, I, I like, you know, Kurt. You're, I mean, you're a guest, but you're not a guest. You're in the family. So it's like, you know, you're, this is someday family dinner, uh, as you know, because you listen to uh, the, the schmooze fest over here that uh, we rate Eben's intros. Uh, I just. I rarely give mine, my opinion, but I just did. So your, your thoughts on Mr. Novi Williams' intro right there. It's one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Waiting oh, to hear what Evan's, gonna, what Evan's going to say. <laughs> ba- bated breath. Bodenhausen's bated breath. How about that for alliteration today? Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, you're the star of the show, Kurt. So we did the – I hate, by the way. I'm sorry. I w- I, I'm going to have to like, criticize you here. One of my pet peeves you – know, well, two of the new record. I hate when people say new record. <laughs> It's just a record. A record, by yeah. definition, is new. Yeah. And you said first ever in your tweet. Uh, you know, first ever. Yeah. It's either yeah. inaugural, yeah. first, yeah. you know. All right. I, I, I hate first annual, too. There is no first annual. It's inaugural. Yeah. Once you've done it, then you can get second yeah. annual. Anyway. Novi, do you want to say something? Strunk over here. Yeah. My Lord. Strunk White and Sashnik. <laughs> there we go. For you English majors, like people go, what? Who's Strunk and White? Go get the little pamphlet. Keep it on your desk right next to the Bloomberg Way. Ah, how about that for a former life? Huh? Remember Matt Winkle, the former editor-in-chief of Bloomberg, used to say the Bible could have been written in 800 words or less. <laughs> he would yes. have, that would have been some yeah. edit job by Matt. Yes. J- Jim Michaels had a very similar philosophy, a long-time, three-decade run as editor of Forbes. He could, he could, yeah. ed- he could edit a 500-word story down to 50, like that. Yep. I, I love it. Well, good. Easier so to edit. So let's get to the point then. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's edit it down to 50. The, uh, Angel City is the most valuable team in the NWSL. Uh, we got quite a range there, though, Kurt. Give me your takeaways uh, from all of your data points looking at this league. Yeah, fascinating diving into this over the last six weeks and, and talking to team executives, owners, bankers, lawyers, uh, media consultants, because they obviously have a big media deal uh, coming through in the pipeline. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, fascinating to see because we've had a team sale uh, this year already. Two expansion, three expansion clubs announced this year and two teams currently in the market. 
so, so a lot of activity in terms of transactions. That kind and of makes your job easy, though, right? You'd rather have more data easy. points than less. Yeah, data this was easy for you. Great, exactly. NFL, we got a team sale every four years. Hard, hard, hard to know uh, the impact on everybody else. But, but so this did make it a little easier. And what we found really is there is, I would say, a stick value to getting into the NWSL right now. So Ch- Chicago sold $35.5 million, uh, but the Ricketts Group has agreed to invest $25 million dollars. Uh, we've seen the expansion clubs go for $53 million. So uh, th- this is a little, we, we always value clubs on multiples of revenue, uh, typically, because uh, the cash flow is very uneven, uh, particularly in soccer, women's or men's. Uh, and so what we found is really uh, the clubs at the bottom. Can, can you explain that? Ho, ho, ho. Let me, let me stop here for a second. For mm. people who are listening, you just said cash flow is uneven, women's and men's soccer. What do you mean and why? Well, what I mean is it's non-existent. Uh, they're all they're all cash flow <laughs> negative. <laughs> they're, okay, well, 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 people need to know that. Yes, okay. Uh, everybody in the NWSL is losing money. Uh, not that much different than the MLS, where just about every club is losing money, uh, and also not that different than the Premier League, where every almost everybody is losing money. Uh, but there's different things that are going on here. There are cross controls in MLS and NWSL with player costs, which is, which is the problem in the Premier League. Uh, but, but both in MLS and NWSL uh, in particular, you're seeing a new breed of owners come in and they are spending. You know, for, for years, this league was don't fail, don't fail, because we had two failed leagues. They didn't want a third league on their hands. And so it was don't spend too much money. Let's keep spending under control. We don't want this thing going down. Be, and, and the league was basically founded as, as, as a place for uh, U.S. women's national team players to have a domestic place to play. Um, and, and so that was the foundation. But this new group of owners has decided, no, no, no. We're going to make these assets a, as big as those in the men's game. And so that requires spending. And so you're seeing that in players. You're seeing that in training facilities. You're seeing new stadium, uh, the Kansas City's building that's going to open next year. Uh, it's a totally different mindset, and they are doing this with investment returns in mind. This isn't this isn't charity. The people we talk to over and over, this is not charity. This is to make money. Kurt, you in the story that you wrote, you drew a comparison at the top that I think is going to be helpful for people who are listening to this but don't follow women's soccer. In 2014, Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers for $2 billion. It was the most anyone had ever paid for an NBA franchise by a wide margin. Everyone thought that that he was crazy. Crazy. And and, and for folks who are familiar with that story and not familiar with women's soccer, you make the argument that NWSL just had its Steve Ballmer moment when Michelle Kang bought the Washington Spirit for $35 million at the beginning of last year, I believe, or maybe the end of 2021, again, everyone was like, these teams are selling for $2 million. Why, in what universe is someone paying or valuating a team at $35 million in a transaction? And now, 18 months later, the average team, according to you, worth $66 million, right? It looks, it looks really, it looks genius at, at this point. But I think that's helpful in, in framing things for people. Uh, just to give a sense of, of how much things are growing, the, the, these teams were, were literally $2 million franchises as of 24 months ago. And now the get-in price seems to be 60 or maybe even higher moving forward. And, and Edmund, in terms of framing, worth noting that 
that the spirit sale, everybody thought the team was going to go to Todd Bowley at $25 million. Yeah. Remember? And then all of a sudden, Michelle Kang comes in with the $35 million offer. I was like, whoa, what's happening here? So exactly. go ahead, Kurt, your, your floor. Yeah, no, and, and, and that was a controversial move. I, I mean, yeah. there was a large yeah. group that wanted Todd Bowley. He, he fit the profile. He had had success with the Dodgers, and, and, and he was thought of as the best person for this. But we've seen with Michelle Kang, who's just knocking it out of the park. She is all in on this club. She is all in on women's soccer. Uh, and and it's, it's had a tremendous amount of success. And she's investing. I mean, she is investing. And Evan, you know, you talked to Alan um, Waxman, uh, yeah. who, who, I mean, CEO of Sixth Street, who, you know, one of, one of the largest private equity shops in the world. And he is, he, you know, he's the lead investor. Sixth Street is the lead investor for Bay uh, FC. And, you know, he laid it out very clearly that in five years, he said, people are going to be saying, why wasn't, this is so obvious when it was happening, you know, and, and he thinks these clubs are going to be worth as much as those in MLS in, in not too short order. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Exactly. He's he I remember in, in this conversation, he said that commercially, these teams will be on par with MLS within the next decade. And it took me aback and I asked him, I'm saying, do you mean revenues? Do you mean valuations? What do you mean? And he was essentially like, I mean, everything. Yes, yes, I mean, yes, advertising, yes. sponsorship, <laughs> media, maybe investment, all that flows into valuation. Um, you are the foremost expert in sports valuations right now. Is that crazy? What, what do you think about when you hear someone of Alan Waxman's investment portfolio and experience say that he thinks NWSL and MLS clubs could be valuated similarly within the decade? I mean, who, who, who am I? Who am I to dispute? Waxman has made a lot of people more a lot more money than I ever have. Uh, is it ten years? I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is, but it is not unrealistic. And we didn't dive into this this much in the story, but there, there's a lot of tailwinds right now in what's going on. You're seeing sponsors that are that are allocating more and more of their dollars towards women's sports, and the reality of the situation is right now NWSL is the top women's soccer league in the world you know wsl is coming on and, and we'll see what happens in europe in terms of investment uh as as the the big domestic men's clubs did anybody talk about con- consolidation kurt did anybody bring that up to you that it's only a matter of time before or they can they can exist separately they can exist separately and, it, and it's a it's a it's a rising tide lifts all boats uh yes it's going to get more expensive uh, for players, uh, we, we've seen that, you know, it's what it's what's sent the Premier League, all these clubs into losing money is because they, they have to compete with all the other domestic leagues. Uh, but but right now, the, the reality is MLS has great has great aspirations and, and has moved up the, the, the ladder in terms of quality of play and where it stacks up in terms of men's leagues around the world. But MLS is not going to be the top uh, soccer league in the world or, or top two or top three. Uh, any time soon. I wrote down some numbers here just because they, they, they surprised me. I think they're going to surprise some listeners. Uh, Angel City uh, averaging 19,000 fans this year. Uh, that's more than, than 12 MLS clubs. Just to put that number in perspective, you have Angel City's revenue uh, around $31 million, I believe, when you did MLS valuations last year. Um, CF Montreal, which is the, the least valuable MLS club in our rankings, had revenue that was lower than that. So in some of these big commercial metrics already, you have Angel City kind of right around the floor of, of, of where MLS is or in, or in attendance even higher. Um, I also looked at your Premier League valuations. Um, the two least valuable teams in the Premier League um, 
last year, according to you, uh, were Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth, both of them worth considerably less than where you ranked, uh, where you valued Angel City. Again, I think that would shock a lot of people who are casual observers here. The, the most valuable NWSL team is worth more than, than the two least valuable Premier League clubs, the richest and biggest league in the world. Um, obviously, the promotion relegation has, has a big role to play in that. But, but I, I think it would be shocking to people to hear that the clubs they see playing against Arsenal and Man City every Saturday morning are not as valuable from a, from a book value right now as, as Angel City is. Uh, yeah, per- sorry. Go ahead, Scott. No, I was just going to say, if you look at Angel City, they've got the star power in the ownership group. You know, you've got content studio. Uh, you, know, you saw the, um, you know, the documentary of, a- of Angel City. Do you have to look at it that way now? I mean, if you're these sports assets, yeah. they're centerpieces of obviously bigger plays. There's the real estate, there's finance, there's media, there's content. I, I just, I just think you have to. I, this is look at Ryan Reynolds and what what he's doing at Wrexham. Um, I think the team's just trying to still feel it out. Yeah. But those who get there early rise to the top. I, I just think that the whole star power and and media play is what is big big reason why Angel City is where they are. A hundred percent. You said at the beginning, Kurt, about about how all these teams are losing money. If I'm the Orlando Pride worth about $45 million, and you tell me that Angel City worth $180 million is not making money, uh, should that terrify me as much as I think it should terrify me? How how different is Angel City? The valuation is so big, but also the fact that they're not making money off that valuation. um, How much should that scare or, or how much that make you know, a smaller less valuable team owners in NWSL think about their their operations yeah uh, they're operating in a totally different model uh they yeah. they are spending money very very aggressively very expensive to hold games where they are they're, they're donating you know basically 10 percent of their sponsorship revenue uh which, which is another expense item uh but very much they have a different revenue model and they have a different cost structure uh, and, and listen, they they intend they are looking to be cash flow positive in the very near, near term future. And you will see more clubs uh, also reach uh, again, they, they can control the timeline a little bit, depending on how much you want to invest for the future. But Kansas City has made a huge investment and is going to open up uh, their stadium next year. Real estate. Yep. Real estate. They, they control the area around the stadium. It's first downtown uh, stadium we're going to see in Kansas City and revenue is going to more than double and once they get that thing going have non-NWSL events going there and they control all the revenues. Kurt do you know the uh, the tie between Kansas City and Eben Novi Williams? I don't know. Six degrees even Eben give me the do, quizzical do the look. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like somebody said content orgy. <laughs> you, 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 gave, you gave me the look Eben Novi Williams. You piqued my interest. Yeah. <laughs> Come on who, who runs who runs the team? Chris and Chris Angie and Long. Angie Long, the Princeton uh, connection. Uh, yeah, and yes. their, their their corner. You know, their their, uh, their their day jobs are Palmer Square Capital, mm-hmm. right? And, and where is Palmer Square? Right outside the Princeton University campus, which housed lightweight football star Eben Novi Williams <laughs> back in the day. If well, if I know uh, if I know Eben Novi Williams, he has more than once or twice hung out in Palmer Square and Winberries many times. All right, and, well there you I'll, go. I'll do you one more. Angie Long was the captain of the Princeton women's rugby team. My there. partner Janet was also captain of the Princeton uh, women's rugby team. So oh. there is uh, there is there's a, closer there's a ties rugby than connection. Oh, yeah. Three degrees as, of separation. As, as well. Now if if we can somehow, <laughs> Eben, I want you to email Angie or call her, and I want. On a hoagie haven uh, story, 
It, what's his name from Blues Traveler? I hear used to used John to get his Popper. Hoagie. Yeah, John Popper used to play a lot. Yeah, used to play a lot at Hoagie Heaven. So we can bring it all here. Like this is a lot of added value, Kurt. But let me ask you about the media because you said you talked to media consultants about this, and I mean it's the driver for revenue in professional sports leagues, right? Uh, if I'm a tier one property, I've got the NBA coming up for media rights negotiations. Mm-hmm. I think I know how they're going to fare. I, I, you know, and I, and by the way, the WNBA is attached to the NBA. That'll be sort of that'll be a dual negotiation. So the WNBA, um, you can talk about them separately all you want. However, having you know the, the big brother parent league there certainly will help boost whatever the WNBA takes in. The NWSL does not have that. They are a standalone. Nobody would call it a tier one media property at the moment. What did the media folks forget about? The bankers, the lawyers, they're all fine. What did the media people tell you about the future contract for the NWSL? Uh, yes, the, the, and the, the media consultants and, uh, the, and the team owners, they're, they're on the same page in terms of what this league needs to do. And th- this deal is going to be you know, likely up 10x from the old one. But the old one's paying a million and a half a year with CBS, and they're losing money on it. So as one owner joked, uh, because they have to pay the production costs, and, and one owner joke said, I hope it's not 10x the old one, because that just means bigger <laughs> losses for us. Right. Uh, so the idea is that some of this money is going to filter down to teams, uh, but, but it, it do, it's not going to dramatically alter their financial reality. They are going to have to continue to make money on the local level from tickets and sponsorships. So what is most important to this deal with this deal is, is relevancy and reach. You know, they, they don't want to be buried on an RSN that nobody can find and not watch their I'm, games. I'm sorry, and not well, I'm sorry you attention. said RSN. What is that again? I'm sorry. I, I vaguely remember <laughs> that we used to utilize a term that I believe maybe possibly stood for regional sports network. Is that what you refer to, that melting glacier of the yes, RSN world? Yes, or I shouldn't say RSN because they will do a national deal. But, but the reality is that they... The games right now on CBS Network, uh, Paramount Plus, it just it was not a, a driver in terms of uh, relevancy. Let me and ask reach. you this. Let me ask you this. I love cutting you off for a second. Let me ask you this. Apple comes in and says we want to be the home of soccer. Every, everything. They offer more money than an over-the-air broadcast network, which would obviously obviously give you reach. Uh, where where does the league where do the league owners stand if there's a big debate? Do we take the money or do, or do we? need the reach or they'll say well let, why don't we you know bifurcate it and give some over the air where, where do you think the owners would would uh, side right now i i i don't think you'd get much support for putting everything behind a paywall i the reality is you're going to see two or three deals come out of this uh you're you're going to have at least one linear partner maybe two linear partners and you're going to have a, certainly uh, probably one streamer and one of the linear partners is probably going to also be something that has a streaming service. So you're looking at two and, and very potentially three different partners coming in. Uh, they love the idea of championship game on CBS, drew almost a million fans, up 71% uh, versus the previous year. And they were able to do that because big sponsors like Ally Financial, CarMax is on board this year. They said, we are going to spend. And so that's what's happening right now with the media negotiations where the partners who are behind the NWSL and, and investing heavily uh, in, in women's sports and looking to put their marketing budgets behind that are saying, we're here for you. And so that requires being uh, some linear component. You can't have all streaming service because 
the only way it makes uh, financial sense for these brands is to get a big enough reach. I mean, they need the scale. That's a, that's a, that's a consumer play. They need scale. Yep. Yep. One, yep. Of, one of the things that jumps out to me, and just in looking at the, at the list here, Kurt, is how much turnover there's been ownership-wise in this league. Uh, it, essentially, every team has either a new control owner in the past four years, is an expansion team, or is on the market right now. I imagine if you're Jessica Berman, the commissioner, or if you're one of these new investors, you, you kind of love the idea that as as valuation skyrocket, you're turning over all of the owners because we've seen in MLS has dealt with this for, for two decades now. Plus the, the gap often as valuations increase between the people that bought in a long time ago at a very small number when the league was something very different commercially versus what, what the new owners are that have a lot of money invested in this and want to see this thing take off. You can see they're, they're, they're often tension between those two groups. Um, I'm not saying NWSL doesn't have it because I know that they do, but it does seem actually really convenient and, and, and helpful for the growth of the league that you're just seeing this turnover of, of controlling owners in such a short amount of time as all these changes happen. Well, what's been incredible, too, is we always talk about this you know, scarcity drives value, scarcity drives value, scarcity drives value. Like, you've had a lot of opportunities to buy an NWSL <laughs> <laughs> over the last 12 months, whether it's existing franchises or expansion franchises. And we're still seeing these uh, really incredible prices. And now you, you will have likely one more expansion franchise for now to make a round number of 16. And, you know, that number... Uh, that number is going to be bigger than 53 because uh, yeah. people recognize that, you know, this is this is this is my last opportunity for now uh, to, to get in uh, one of these teams on the ground floor. Uh, and I, I think there will be a lot of people uh, that will want that. I, I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier about um, the WSL and, and the slow, gradual awakening of, of the, the business behind women's soccer in, in Europe. If I was an NWSL owner, this would be my big concern is that, uh, sure, our valuations are going crazy. We have uh, owners that have some deep pockets. But when Manchester City and Arsenal and Manchester United, if they ever decide to really throw resources behind women's soccer, uh, they are going to have a financial tolerance that even our owners probably don't have. Um, what do you did that come up in any of your conversations or what do you actually think about the I think the, w, the WSL, the, the Women's Super League in the U, in, in Europe and the NWSL are on a collision course. Uh, that is going to accelerate very dramatically in the next couple of years. I'm with you, Novi Williams. And, and Michelle Kang, who we talked about, just invested in the Lyon women's team, right, in France. Yep. Uh, I, I kind of view that as a smart hedge of some sort, that as women's yep. soccer takes off, she now has a foot kind of in both leagues. But how much risk do you think there is? And, and, and where do you think the NWSL versus WSL um, – where, where that business rivalry nets out in the next few years? I, I, it's 100% a risk factor uh, because, again, if, if Arsenal or, or Barcelona, I mean, and any of these clubs put their full financial heft or, or even a quarter of their full financial heft uh, but behind these teams, um, it's a challenge. You know, what's, what's interesting is, is talking to people in terms of the, you know, the, Women's soccer does not have the same following uh, in Europe. It's very much a yep. male-dominated league. It's you know it's all about the men's team, the men's team, and the men's team. You know it's 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 football in in Texas. You know it's it's the Cowboys on page one, Cowboys on page two, Cowboys on three, three, and and that's kind of how uh, it works in Europe with the men's team. Uh, but but again, a, a little bit of 
extra uh, push behind the women's club, it's 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 100% a risk factor. So again, the owners feel like there's room for two because there there, there are so much tailwinds behind investment in women's sports uh, that, that even if the WSL continues, revenue was up 60%, I think, last year for the WSL. Uh, if it continues to have that kind of growth, uh, the the owners feel like again a rising tide lift, 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 can lift all boats, and they don't I have also, to be the unquestioned top league in the world with nobody else. They think competition's good and, and drives interest uh, across women's soccer. I I also would not be shocked to see the NWSL flip its calendar at some point. The most of the big mm-hmm. soccer leagues in the world play fall through spring essentially with summer off. Um, MLS does not and NWSL does not but I think if you're as you can increasingly compete for the same talent uh, with with European stars etc I would not be shocked to see NWSL move more towards that model so that in kind of an open free agency transfer window at the same time type model um, they are able to kind of directly compete with 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 players and teams that are playing in Europe. All right, I'm going to give a, a Sashnik added value trumpet right here. And, and the conversation reminded me. I got I to gotta make a text message, a phone call here. But I did have a line on a very well-known former athlete who, uh, who asked me, what do you think about NWSL and, you know, a specific team? And should I invest? And I have an opportunity. And I got to get back. And I'm guessing it's going to happen with this person. So maybe mm. we'll even have a little uh, Sportico breaking news with this. How's big that athlete. for a teaser? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will absolutely send our valuations to this person and say, uh, hope it helps. What do you think? Where, you know, wh- what was your number? Where are you looking at? And, and are you going to proceed? So just a little, uh, a little uh, Sasha added value there. Novi Williams, let me put you on the uh, spot. We rarely ask each other questions. But there's, you know, there's a, uh, a, a synergy between the top teams in the WNBA and what we're seeing here in valuation in the NWSL, mm. uh, particularly you know, the, the teams that are aggressive, perhaps overly so, and dare I say uh, brush off rules, spending rules, and, uh, and circumvention's a fun word, and limits, and restraints, and they just look at it differently. They say, we have a plan, and we see we have to be aggressive and spend and do to uh, get the results that we want. Yeah, I think I think that is not a coincidence, and, and you and I talked about this, Scott, on, on Monday's show. And Kurt, I want to oh, get your thoughts on, on on here as well. But but I do think there is there is definitely a there there is definitely a correlation here, right? And and, and what we're talking about about old owners and new owners and, and owners that have different kind of financial risk evaluations, et cetera. The, the two NBA WNBA teams playing in the finals right now, the Liberty and the Aces, uh, have been the two that are that are the most Angel City like, in my opinion, in the WNBA. They are they're pushing the envelope of signing players and, and how they do that and, and what they provide for their players and charter flights. The, the, the charter conversation that, that, that happened and is happening at the W is also happening at the NWSL and the Kansas City Current and, and Angie and Chris Long were fined recently for some of the same things that the Liberty were fined for um, a couple years ago. Um, but, but, but to me, yeah, it, it just highlights again th- this push and pull right now that we're seeing where the, the more valuable teams, the ones that are really trying to spend a lot in addition to trying to win, um, are, 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 I think, lifting up their leagues in, in, in a very distinct way. But, Kurt, I want to get your thoughts there, too. And Kurt, before you jump in, I see this is where I, I, I encourage Novi Williams to be careful with his terminology. Push and pull. There's no push and pull. There's push, push, and push, some, push harder. <laughs> There's no push and pull. There's no pull. It's push, push, push harder. That's where I, we are. I, That's where yeah. we're I'm not sure I agree with that. I think there's a little bit of pull. (laughs) Uh, Or or at least there was in the NWSL in the past couple years, I think. But 
They, yes. re- they resigned to the More pushers. Push. Yeah, yeah. They, push. they resigned to the yeah, pushers. Yeah, Go ahead, Kurt. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you got to make money. You got to spend money to make money. I, I think that's what's happening here. You, that, know, you know, there's a great there's a great saying. I don't know who said it, but I know Dick Glover, our colleague, said it the other day. You don't cut away your greatness. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, you got you got to spend money to make money. It's just the other way of saying it. No, man, you want to be great. You got you got to invest. You got to push, push, push. You got to invest. And, and we're seeing WNBA. We're seeing with NWSL for 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 so long. Uh, again. WNBA is a, a, a longer history, but what we saw in the WNBA and the origins of NWSL, it was, it was don't spend money. You know, I don't, I don't in the WNBA, it was, I don't want to upset, you know, I don't want to step big brother, the NBA, you know, let's, and, and, and have them just wipe away, wipe us away. Uh, the, so it was a cautious approach. And now these assets, I think, have reached the point where they can stand on their own. We're seeing massive uh, investment that we have not seen before. With WNBA, Seattle Storm raising money at a huge valuation uh, and building a practice facility. We haven't seen that kind of investment uh, uh, for the standalone clubs in the WNBA before. Yeah. One last one that I just want to make sure we we get to because it's not lost on me that all of this commercial growth we're talking about happened kind of simultaneous to a fairly ugly abuse series of scandals around the NWSL and and what who at the league knew and and when there was a commissioner change uh there have been some ownership changes and more coming all because of this um in your conversations Kurt did, did that come up at all is it, that's the kind of thing that you would think would be a drag on the league from a from a commercial standpoint it almost seems like the opposite it seems like NWSL emerged from that immediately as a significantly stronger and more valuable commercial property yeah, I, th- I think it absolutely has emerged. It's, 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 again, it wasn't that long ago that the Yates report came out and just detailed all of the misconduct that we saw. Uh, and, and to emerge from that is, you know, it's a credit, it's a credit to Jess Berman and I mean, who has basically turned over the, almost the entire leadership team at NWSL uh, and has really taken this by the reins and talked about it. And, and you know, again, total transparency, not trying to bury anything. Uh, and with the new ownership uh, group coming in, I, I think it, it, it allows for a, a way to move past this. And I think the sponsors that have gotten behind it, whether it's Alley or the other, they didn't want this, what has happened in the past, to be what brought this league down. So I think that's why they almost feel like we're going to double down here. Because yeah, we're don't looking at the, the message. Problems. Don't you think the, the message of empowerment aligns nicely with what the sponsors are saying as well and, and looking to yeah. do? Yeah. No, a hundred percent, and so that's why again I think they've doubled down and, and supported this league and, and and just gotten behind it because they they want this thing to be huge. All right, Kurt. Now this is where I tell Evan to close the show, and sometimes <laughs> if I give just even like a few seconds of chatter, he thinks about it too much and he stumbles over the core development line and some of the others. But I mean, he's gotten it pretty well the last few times. But I think you and I watching, and now he's thinking about it a little bit more and. You know, thanking the producer and shouting out. I just, let's see if he can do it. Yeah, he's going. He's got the. He's got the. Uh, he's got the rhythm in his head now. Let's see you do it cleanly. Come on, let's go. Well, thank you. Lives. Number one goes to Kurt Bodenhausen, our colleague. You can find Kurt and his work on Twitter at k Bodenhausen. You can find Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. You can yeah. find me uh-huh. on Twitter at Novi underscore uh-huh. Williams. The, the show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Uh-huh. Shout, shout out to out Aaron. Aaron. Thanks he for everything that you do. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico 
Media Network. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.